This week on I Watch This As an Adult Movie Reviews, I give my review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and I also review the 1997 action film Most Wanted. We were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. <laughs> come on, Drax. Seriously, dude? No, dude, no, no! Ow! <laughs> forget where we came from we have been running our whole lives pete i'm done running Kill no people. Kill one guy, one stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. Hello and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikhail Ford. And we will be getting to the review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we get to that, we here... And I watch this as an adult movie reviews. And by we, I mean me. I'm the only person. I am the producer, the director, the star, everything on this show. I do this by myself. Um, everything by myself. Um, but if you don't know, one of the themes on this podcast, and there are many themes on this podcast, but my very first I watched this as an adult movie review my very first episode of I watched this as an adult movie reviews was the movie Space Jam and one of the stars of Space Jam was an actress by the name of Teresa Randall and the reason I bring up Teresa Randall because Teresa Randall is a mainstay on this podcast. I want to say I have reviewed many movies that have featured Teresa Randall in them. If you don't know who Teresa Randall is, Teresa Randall is a black actress. Uh, like I said, she played Michael Jordan's wife in Space Jam. She played Spawn's wife in Spawn. 
<laughs> she played Martin Lawrence's wife in the Bad Boys series. You get what I, you get my gist. She plays a lot of wives, okay? <laughs> uh, it was recently reported that she will not return to Bad Boys 4. They replaced her with an actress named Tasha Smith. Uh, Tasha Smith was featured in uh, the Why Did I Get Married series. If you haven't watched those movies, watch them. I recommend them. Not because they're good, but because they're unintentionally funny as fuck. Watch them. She plays Michael Jai White. She may play, excuse me. She plays Michael Jai White's wife in that movie. So go watch those. So she will be replacing Teresa Randall as Martin Lawrence's character's wife in Bad Boys 4. And it led to a lot of rumors. It led to a lot of rumors. It was People were like, why isn't she coming back for Bad Boys 4? She was in Bad Boys 3, you know, <laughs> which came out three years ago. What is preventing her from doing Bad Boys 4? And then a video came out of her on, I want to say, the Sunset Strip. Uh, she was in a wheelchair, not like one of those like walkers, you know, like those sit down walkers where you, where you, where you put your arms on. Um, she was in one of those walkers. Uh, she was, she was insanely thin and I guess she was talking to homeless people on Skid Row or something like that in LA. And it led to a lot of rumors. It led to a lot of rumors of her um, being homeless, being and being sick. Like she's sick and homeless. Uh, but a, I believe her current representation came out and said that that's not true. They said that she's in the wheelchair because she broke her leg and she was on Skid Row helping homeless people. She's not homeless. Okay, so like they cleared that up. But uh, hopefully she's okay. You know, like we love Teresa Randall here at I Watched This As An Adult Movie Reviews. Maybe one day, hopefully, we could get an interview with her. Maybe one day, maybe you could put that out in the ether in the universe. I would love to interview Teresa Randall since she's such a mainstay on this podcast. But hope everything's well with her. Kind of sad that she's not going to be in Bad Boys 4, but hey, man, life goes on. Now, let's get into this review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You guys are probably like, you, you... You, you wasted, like, five minutes talking about an obscure actress that we don't care about. But I care, damn it. I care because, like I said, she is a mainstay on this podcast. And we will not tolerate any Teresa Randall slander here. Okay? Like, she, 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 she. I have a lot of mainstays on this podcast, but she is the number one. She was the first. Uh... A lot of actors have made their way onto this uh, onto this podcast a lot. Tupac Shakur, um, um, uh, Halle Berry, Keanu Reeves. You know there are many, 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 many. My arch enemy Wood Harris. 
has been here a couple of times. I say that because I don't. I say that because I hate his character in Above the Rim. I don't hate the guy. I always, I always have to clarify that because I don't want this getting back to him. He be like, "Hey man, this guy is talking shit about you." I'm like, "No, I'm not talking shit about him." I, I don't like. I didn't like his character in uh, Above the Rim. I like the guy. I don't know the guy, but he's he's, he's an incredible actor. Just, I'm just gonna keep it at that. But, um, yeah, we have many mainstays here on I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is a mainstay. I want to say I've done a couple of Denzel Washington films here. You know, uh, De Niro. A lot of people. I do a lot of, I do a lot of episodes, okay? There's a lot of people on here that's been on, that's been on this podcast multiple times, okay? So, let's get to the Guardians review, shall we? Um, I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I, I don't know if there's anything else I can say that anybody else hasn't said, you know, um, but I'm not going to give any spoilers. Like, I, if you don't know why, uh, go watch my Super Mario Brothers review. I went on a whole rant about spoilers there, but not going to give out any spoilers. I am going to spoil one thing. I'm going to spoil one thing so people don't go into this movie tense people don't go into this movie tense i'm going to spoil the fact and i want to talk about this too by the way i'm going to spoil the fact that nobody dies okay i'm gonna spoil that like no one dies okay just like don't go in there don't go into that movie expecting someone to die okay like none of the guardians none of the guardians die i know great advertisement I watched the trailer again. I was like, wow, they really got our asses. You know, like, <laughs> they really got us to go to see if somebody's going to die. And I'm glad. I'm glad that none of the main characters died. Like, all the Guardians are alive and well. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> They're alive and well, okay? Like, nobody dies. Still go see the movie. It's a good movie. There's some. There's a lot of other unexpected things that happen that I'm not going to spoil. So... So like I just wanted to spoil that so you don't go into the movie thinking like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna see somebody die. no you're not you're not great marketing though great marketing um and I'm I'm this is something I wanted to talk about because that's been the theme with Marvel movies that's been the theme with Marvel fans expecting someone to die in the movie you know that's been a that's been a running theme. Since like Endgame, he's like, "Who's gonna die?" It's been a running game since Infi- it's been a running gag since Infinity War, really, a running gag, but a running theme since Infinity War. Uh, who's gonna die? You like, is this person going to die? Is this person going to die? And I'm tired of it. You know, I really am tired of it. Like, I just go into the movie just wanting to see a movie. I don't want to see anybody die. You know, I don't want to see any hero die. Everybody like it's like everybody everybody wants all these characters to be Tony Stark, you know. <laughs> Ever since Tony Stark died in Endgame and Black Widow died in Endgame, spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, that movie came out like five years ago. Um, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Ever since those characters died. Like they expect every character to die. They went into Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, thinking that Thor was going to die. It was like Thor's going to die. It was like he didn't die. Okay, like Thor is alive and well. 
um it was like ant-man quantum mania everybody went to ant-man quantum mania like ant-man's going to die I'm like ant-man y'all want ant-man to die <laughs> you know ant-man didn't die you know ant-man did not die okay uh I, one thing i want to say about this movie is they tease a lot of deaths and like every guardian gets a death teaser like every last guardian gets a death teaser it's like oh shit and it's like oh oh they all right (laughs) and it's just like it's just like nothing ever happened to him that was the thing that kind of that was the thing that kind of irked me about this movie i love the movie i love the movie james gunn james gunn hit this movie like he hit it right out of the park i got hope for what he does with superman if this is what he's doing uh in uh guardians of the galaxy volume three um looking forward to what he's going to do with superman um like i said like you tease they tease they tease a lot of deaths um and it's like it's like they tease death and then that person doesn't die and then it's just like oh yeah all right let's let's move on about our day you know <laughs> that's, that's pretty much that's pretty much what they do but um the focus of this movie the focus of this movie is rocket rocket raccoon is the focus of the movie i want to make that clear rocket raccoon is the focus of this movie but the thing is rocket raccoon is not in this whole movie and i think it was brilliant the way they did it. Like I said, James Gunn, James Gunn hit this movie out of the park. He hit it out of the park. They're like he did a, he he did he did something that I didn't think was possible. Focusing on a character without actually focusing on that character, you know. <laughs> in present tense. It was like everything you see about Rocket is in the past. It like we don't focus on present Rocket. We focus on past Rocket because Rocket is not is not in this entire movie. Like he's not in the whole movie. And like like I said, I love it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love how they do that because like we see Rocket at the beginning and then the rest of Rocket Raccoon's journey is through flashbacks. It's like it's flashbacks. It's like it's building a we're building a backstory for Rocket is what we're doing. And then Rocket shows up like 45 minutes into the end of the movie. You know, he's back. It's like, oh Rocket, because it's like Rocket's Rocket's in like the first maybe like 15 minutes of the movie. I'm gonna give you that. He's in like the first 15 minutes of the movie. He's out of commission for like most of the movie. We get flashbacks of Rocket. And then he comes back 45 minutes into the end, into like the climax of the movie. I think it's, I think it, I think it was brilliant. It was so good. It was a brilliant, it was brilliant storytelling on James Gunn's part. Uh, because like we get the focus, because like we get the focus on him without focusing on him. And it didn't undermine the rest of the Guardians. You know, the, uh, the rest of the Guardians get something to do. 
another thing that kind of irks me about these movies, and like it's been a problem that I didn't know I had a problem with with all Marvel movies. They keep the villains and the heroes away from each other for, for too long. It's something, it's something that I didn't notice that irked me, but it does. Because I was like, what? There's something about these movies. I love these movies, but there's something about these movies that 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 kind of like it kind of irks me a little bit. It kind of gets under my skin a little bit, and that's it. They keep the heroes and the villains away from each other for an extended period of time it's like oh what are the heroes doing and then it's like oh what are the villains doing and it kind of makes the villains you know kind of insequential you know it kind of makes them you know i know we're building i know we got to build these 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 characters up i'm gonna i'm gonna get into this villain i'm gonna get into this villain uh because he has a high point uh the uh the villain is the high evolutionary the high evolutionary is a high point no point in, no pun intended um he is a high point of the movie so i will get to him in a little bit but it's just the thing of i hate that they keep these characters away from each other it's like it's like they're not even in the same movie it like it, it kind of throws the movies off a bit because it's just like oh um it's like they hear about the character they hear about the, like the heroes hear about the villain and then it's just like they run into the villain it's like oh you that guy you know it's like <laughs> and then the, the, the villain doesn't even notice that these characters exist it's just like oh it's just like oh you're you're black panther or oh you're you're spider-man or oh it's it's iron man or you know like it's like oh the avengers you know <laughs> <laughs> something like you know you get you get the gist and that's exactly how it is here it's just like um they hear about the high the, the guardians hear about the high evolutionary they show up and finally come face to face with the high evolutionary and he's just like oh you guys are the guardians of the galaxy you know <laughs> it's just it's just something it's just something that fucking irks me man like in every goddamn movie that they keep these characters away for so long like they don't meet up until like halfway through the movie you know it was kind of a thing that uh kind of irked me the main one was like black panther uh where it's just like killmonger and 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 t'challa don't meet until like halfway through the movie is and like he gets like T'Challa gets like one one glimpse at Killmonger, you know, in the beginning, and like he doesn't he, he doesn't get his hands on him, you know. He's trying to get him, he's trying to run after him, you know. Like he blows Black Panther back with the bazooka or whatever the fuck he had in his hand. He had like a gun of some sort in his hand, but yeah, but yeah, it's like it's like they're trying to. It's like I feel I understand that they're trying to build a story. I understand that, but let's have some interaction between the heroes and the villains so they know each other you know so they know each other it's like half the time the villains don't even know that the heroes exist you know (laughs) until they get in their face it's like it's like they just it's like they just meet it's like it's like serendipity or something you know it's just like oh you're a bad guy like oh you're a good guy let's fight you know (laughs) that's usually how these characters meet but yeah, let's get in, let's get into the high evolutionary man. 
I cannot pronounce that that actor's name. He has a weird like African name that I cannot pronounce, so I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Um, but he's good. He's a good actor. Uh, if you don't, he was in uh, Peacemaker. Uh, he's a he's a James Gunn guy. I, he, I we probably gonna see him in other James Gunn things to come. Um, but he's a bastard, man. <laughs> <laughs> the high evolutionary is a fucking bastard and he's always been a bastard even like a little bit i read of him in the comics he's he's a he's an asshole he's a dick he's a despicable fucking human being if he is a human being he's just despicable and i love him for it this is the type of villain i've wanted from marvel this is the type of villain I've wanted from Marvel. Just a just a soulless. He's just a soulless fucking creature, man. He's a soulless creature. It, like he doesn't care about anybody. Like he just wants he just wants to torture people. He just wants to torture living things. That's his whole thing. He just wants to torture living things. And I love this villain because I can't I couldn't wait for the guardians to kick his ass you know you know what i couldn't wait for the guardians to kick his ass you know and i love that uh peter when peter quill finally meets up with him like star lord when star lord finally meets up with him and he's he's like because like uh high evolutionary goes on like this monologue about the world is in disarray earth is ignorant and blah 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 blah, and it needs to be cleansed and blah 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 and all this bullshit you know (laughs) and uh star lord is just like i don't care i don't care about your mommy issues or your or your or your childhood trauma or whatever and he's just i think it's just pretty much i'm just here to shoot you in the face or something like that (laughs) he was just like (laughs) and i was like thank you star lord thank you because I don't care about these villains' backstories. I don't care about their mommy or daddy not loving them or their daddy dying and they want revenge or their mommy dying and they want revenge or they were abused as a child and that's why they're so evil now. And I don't care. I love. That's why I love the high evolutionary. He's just a cold, calculating piece of shit. And he needs to be murdered. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, he might be the best Marvel villain of all time. Because this is what I wanted out of my Marvel villains. Just this cold, calculating piece of shit that just wants to rule over everybody. And he needs to be murdered. You know, like, you know, <laughs> this is what I wanted out of my villains. This is what I wanted out of my Marvel villains. Thank you, James Gunn. Finally, thank you for giving me a Marvel villain that I absolutely love. But um, another thing I want to talk about, let's talk about Will Poulter as uh, Adam Warlock. Um, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but like he's a dumbass. Like they made Adam Warlock a pure dumbass. <laughs> like he's he's a big dumb jock. That's what he is. <laughs> That's what that's what Adam Warlock is. Adam Warlock is a big dumb jock. And like he just runs into things guns blazing. <laughs> you know, like he's got all this power, he's got all his superhuman strength, 
but he doesn't have a brain. He just runs into shit. You know, <laughs> he's like, fight over here. I'm going. You know, like he doesn't think. He doesn't think. He just mindlessly beats up things. He just mindlessly beats up things and crushes things. And, you know, and people are like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, people are like, no, have a game plan. You know, like, think. You're like, you just running into shit, just, just fighting and you fucking shit up. You know? <laughs> and then afterwards, and he's arrogant. And that's the thing about it too. He just runs into things, gun, gun blazing like a big dumb jock, and he's arrogant about it. When people tell him about it, it was like this is not what we wanted to do. He was like, I'm just, I, I just, I, I am a god, you know. <laughs> he's just, he's like, I am the warlock, you know. <laughs> Don't you talk to me like that, you know? <laughs> that is Adam Warlock. In a nutshell, he's just a big dumb idiot that is arrogant and just fucks things up with his superhuman strength and powers and everything. Um, but yeah, that's that's him. He's there's not much to that character, really. There's not much to the character. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much everything I got about the movie. You know, like I said, well put together story, great villain. There is comedy. It does not get uh convoluted. Like, the comedy doesn't get convoluted. Like, there's just not... It's not... There's not a lot of comedy here. I mean, there's comedy here, but it's not a lot. You know, they don't... They don't stop... What I meant to say is, like, they don't stop a scene for a joke. Is what I mean to say. Like, they don't stop a scene for a joke. It's not like, oh, let's just have the Marvel comedy hour, <laughs> you know, like, and just hold up the whole goddamn movie. They don't do that. It's just like, oh, it's a joke. Move on. Let's do some action. Great fight scene. The climax, climax fight scene, amazing. I love the camera work of that fight scene. Like when all the guardians get together and like they're walking into this, they're walking into this room, and like there's a whole bunch of like of the high evolutionaries goons like waiting for them. And they just they just go at it. I love the camera work because it looks like a it looks like a comic book splash page. It looks like um, what it, it looks like what it looked what that what that the the climax fight scene looked like in a Avengers: Age of Ultron because that looked like just like a big comic book splash page. I love that fight scene. I like that might be like one of my top. That might be one of my top fight scenes in uh in Marvel in a Marvel movie. It is so good. It's so cool. Like the camera work moving, uh to like each guardian fighting somebody you know like it's 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 great it's amazing uh if you don't go to see see the movie for anything see it for that it's a it's a that scene is a work of art that scene is cinema you know that scene is beautiful you know (laughs) but but yeah man like that's that's not much uh like i said high evolutionary just likes to torture things very there's a lot of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle references in this uh in this movie. Like, there's even like like two characters that are like Bebop and Rocksteady in this movie. Uh, they mutate a turtle, you know, in this movie. Uh, a lot of like a lot of like mighty mute animal vibes I'm getting uh from this movie also. So, but yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Highly recommend this movie. Five out of five. 
James Gunn knocked it out of the park for his last project with Marvel. Looking forward to seeing what he does with DC, what he does with Superman. You know, great, 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 great movie. Uh, like I say, five out of five for me. I'll be back with my review of Most Wanted right after these messages. I command a small elite unit. A man with your military background and experience makes you an ideal candidate. Welcome to our family, Sergeant Dunn. The operative has been recruited. We have been given a green light, people. We are go mission. The target package has been assigned. It is imperative that tomorrow's mission be a success. You will have the kill shot. There's been a mistake. The first lady's been hit. I repeat, the first lady's been hit. The witnesses have all been targeted. You were there. I didn't tell anybody anything. Look, I didn't kill anybody, okay? All I want is the tape. The evidence has been suppressed. This is a matter of national security. We can't afford to have them poking around. This is the latest police composite sketch of the suspect. This guy's been set up. Why? The people who killed the first lady need a patsy and they need a conspiracy. The innocent will be sacrificed. I am offering a $10 million reward. Freeze! Leading to the capture. You think this is a joke? Of James Dunn. I'm on checkpoints. Video surveillance set up in five mile intervals throughout the city. Hey, it's Dunn! It's him! It's him! Now you said you would help me. What are you gonna do? What they trained me to do. Let him talk. Everything he thinks he knows leads to someone else. Whatever you are thinking of doing, don't do it. You have no idea what's at stake here. This man dies tonight, gentlemen. Take him out! I'm a Marine. We don't plan, we improvise. Most Wanted from 1997. Let's get into the technical, shall we? This movie was directed by David Glenn Hogan, written by Keenan Ivory Wayans. The budget for this movie was $25 million, and it made only $11 million at the box office. It was a box office bomb. Now, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid. This is a movie that I saw, like, randomly on cable, like, like it was like one of those like lazy Sunday movies that just happened to be on. You know, you just laying around on 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 the couch and it just happened to be on. You know, like you're like I, I like I watched this movie, but like it was just like mostly like background noise to me. It's like uh, it's on, but like you know, like I'm watching it, but I'm not really watching it. So this. Is kind of like a fun movie for me to go back and actually watch, you know, <laughs> because I was thinking like maybe I didn't understand it as a kid. Maybe I could go back and watch it, you know. But like I said, background noise to me, you know. 
And I also picked this movie because, like, I'm running out of Wayans Brothers movies. So, like, we looking in the dollar bin at Walmart at this point of Wayans Brothers movies. You know, <laughs> I'm running, I'm running, I'm running dry on on Wayans Brothers movies. So, this is what we get. We get most wanted. This is a kind of an outlier for all the Wayans movies because. This is Keenan Ivory Wayans trying his best to be a serious action hero. And he's dabbled in action uh, before with like movies like Low Down Dirty Shame and a Glimmer Man. Go go listen to my Glimmer Man review and listen to me go nuclear on Steven Seagal. Just it's fun. It's fun just to hear me just rant about Steven Seagal throughout this whole goddamn about that whole goddamn review. Just listen to it. You're not gonna be disappointed. Go go check out my Glimmer Man review. I I lay into Steven Seagal on that on that on that episode. But yeah, he did the Glimmer Man, you know. So like he's dabbled in action before. But like even in those movies, like he's being comedic. You know? Like, he's not playing it, like, totally straight. Here, he's playing it totally straight. Like, and it's very jarring at times because, like, you're waiting for a joke, but there's no jokes in this movie. And I kind of feel bad about that because uh, this is the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about a lot. Black comedians have a hard time crossing over into more serious roles. Like... It's like they just can't seem to shake their comic uh, persona like white comedians do. Like, a lot of white comedians, like, they could shake it. Like, there's a lot of, like, great actors that you didn't know. Like, you probably didn't even know were comedians. Like, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk is a comedian. Like, and he's crossed over. He... He did he did a John Wick action movie. Like nobody. He did that movie. Like he's a comedian doing that. Um Tom Hanks was a was a comedic actor before uh Philadelphia. Now all he does is drama. Um Robin Williams. He's crossed over and has done he's crossed over and did drama. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of white comedians that get to cross over. And there's not a lot of black comedians that get to cross over to be serious. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Whoopi Goldberg might be the most successful ones to do it. Like, but it's just sad that we can't see black comedians as more than just funny. I mean, like, recently, like, we just saw Martin, uh, like, there's a there's a movie with Martin Lawrence. He's playing it totally straight. He's playing a, a detective that's, like, looking for a murderer, you know? <laughs> like, like, looking for, a, like, a serial killer. And he's playing that movie, he's playing that completely straight. He's not joking. He's not doing anything. He's being serious. Um, uh, Chris Rock did a Saw movie. Nobody, they still see funny Chris Rock. You're like, ah, tell a joke, nigga. You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know? It's like it's sad. It's sad that we will never we we can we cannot look past black comedians being more than just funny. It's just sad. 
this this movie didn't do him any favors. Let's get into it. <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans plays James Dunn, a Navy SEAL who went to prison for killing his superior officer. And he is uh, then recruited by John Voight to join an elite covert ops team to do some like made up army bullshit. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like all the first half of this movie is just padding. It's just padding. Like, the movie just needed a convoluted way to have Wayne's character on the run from the law. In this case, he's framed for shooting the first lady. You know, that's 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 his reason for being on on, on the run from the law. He's just like, oh, he shot the first lady. Like, that's that's the, that's the convoluted way to get him most wanted. You know, <laughs> just say most wanted. Eric Roberts is also in this movie, like, looking geeked out of his mind. Oh, my God. I'm like, he just can't wait to get off the set and party. You know, like, you can just see, you can see it in his eyes. Like, he's playing with his hands and, like, he's, he's licking his lips every now and again. And he just, like, you can just see, like, the, the, the look in his eye. He's just like, can we get this scene over with so I could go to my trailer and party? You know, <laughs> you know, party. Um, <laughs> He can't wait. Like he is, he is, he is anxious. Um, Jill Hennessy plays a doctor named Vic Victoria Constantini. I wanted to make sure I get that name right. Like she has a tape of the first lady being shot, and I guess like she could clear James's name if they get that tape to the right people. Uh, really, she's just here for eye candy. She's just here. It's like, oh, here's the woman. You know, she's the obligatory woman in this movie. Uh, this is also a movie in the 90s with a black male lead and a white female lead. So she is not his love interest. It like, And they didn't want to hire a black woman because two black leads would automatically make this a black movie. That's Hollywood's rules, not mine. You know, go talk to Hollywood like why 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 is this why is this a rule you know <laughs> so they, they make this brother as asexual as possible like he's just a he's just an asexual killing machine just the way they like him you know they also do the the, the handcuff the woman to the steering wheel trope which even in like 1997 that was played out like this movie has a lot of played out tropes like, everything in this movie is played out. The whole plot of this movie is played out. Like, speaking of played out, I didn't even get to talk about John Voight yet. Like, didn't get to John Voight. Let's get to John Voight. He plays just this run-of-the-mill, like, southern military general. Just probably one of the most inconsequential villains that you ever want to see. Because he really doesn't do anything. He doesn't do a damn thing. He doesn't do anything to make you say, oh, this guy's evil, but, like, say stuff. And he has a southern accent, and he's a general, and he's he's stoic. You know, like, that's all he does. Like, he doesn't kill anybody. You know, he doesn't, like, threaten anybody or anything like that. Like, he's just, he's just there. And his accent sucks, too. He sounds like fucking Foghorn Leghorn. Like, Isaiah, 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 let's, let's. Let's find this boy and let's make a rotisserie chicken out of him. I say, boy, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Just he's a lame fucking character. 
Uh, Paul Servino also plays a CIA agent who is obviously dirty. Like, you could... You can see it coming a mile away because, like, he's just too nice and he's too righteous. In movies, like, usually those guys are bad guys. But there's a twist to his. There's a twist to his character. Because they they double turn him. He, he goes from face to heel, back to face. You know, they double, they, they switch him. It's just like, oh, oh, you thought I was dirty. But I'm not. You know, so like that was that was like kind of like an interesting turn of events with because like I haven't seen this movie in years. Like I said, and when I did watch it, it was background noise to me. And like I remember, like so seeing this again, I was just like, obviously he's dirty. Obviously he's dirty. Eric Roberts is his partner. He's gonna shoot Eric Roberts. You know, you know. <laughs> and Eric Roberts don't care. He just want to go back to the. He just want to go back to the trailer so he can party. You know. <laughs> party um uh, <laughs> that's what he want to do uh so i was like obviously this guy's dirty and then it gets to the end it was like oh okay he's not dirty all right <laughs> you got me there movie you got me there uh keenan ivory wayne's keenan ivory wayne's is just on autopilot in this movie uh which is very odd because he wrote this movie <laughs> you know <laughs> But it just seems like his head is not in this movie acting-wise. Like, I don't know if he just had a lot on his plate. Because he was also hosting a talk show at this time. That's right. Like, he was hosting a talk show. Uh, Like, maybe he was more focused on that. You know, because talk shows take a lot of your time. You know, that's why a lot of talk show hosts don't do movies. Like, Jimmy Fallon had a movie career, as you see. He doesn't do movies anymore, you know. So, so yeah, like prepping for a talk show and writing jokes and doing monologues and prepping for guests and all that stuff. His head was probably more into that than shooting this movie. Honestly, I was thinking like maybe he was more focused on being a talk show host than uh, being in this movie. And you, you could tell, you could tell. Like, like I said, he's on autopilot throughout this whole goddamn movie. It, this movie is like just very paint by numbers. And it, it does all the, the routine action beats that were popular at the time in the 90s. Uh, you can see all the, the plot twists coming a mile away. Uh, it's a movie that you could very well skip. Like, it's not, it's not anything important. I believe I believe that this is like Keenan Ivory Wayne's last time in front of a camera. I think this is his last acting gig. I, I, I don't think he does very much acting after this. I can't think of anything he does after Most Wanted. You know, like I think this is it because like he's mostly behind the camera now. He's mostly behind the camera and he's gone back to doing stand-up comedy. Uh, those are like the two things he's focused on more than anything right now is writing, producing, directing, and doing stand-up. Uh, I don't know, like maybe this movie killed his spark for acting because I haven't seen him in anything since. Honestly, I haven't seen him in anything since. But yeah, this this movie is bad. Very bad. I give it a one out of five. Join me next week when I will talk about 2004's white chicks that should be a fun one until next time peace